gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to VT Lockdown. I am your host, Double A, Ron, along with my main man, Steven. It's been a little while, man. How you been? It ain't been a little while. It's been a couple days, man. Well, been a couple whatever, days. man. This is a long time. These people need to hear from us every day. Get off of work and come talk with your boy. <laughs> All right, so listen, man. It's 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 been a uh, a big, big, big uh, crazy. I guess it's been a week and a half now. I'm like, you had the uh, the the major rise of Kofi, Kofi Kingston. You had the uh, the premature superstar shakeup slash uh, our first NXT call ups. We you know we want to cast them to the side uh, with with a new group. Um, but yeah, let's let's get right into it. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is Kofi Kingston. Man, uh-huh. that, that, that boy had a uh, I guess fantastic week and a half. Um, well, what, what I, you think about that? Well, it's crazy because I remember back in '09, I thought his career was done after that Randy Orton thing, as far as being a top face. But you know, coming back to the modern day. I really love what they did with Kofi Kingston. I always thought he was a good superstar. He was just missing something, but showing the charisma on a new day helps. And I have to admit that the thing I got to give credit to the WWE is finally they're going the route that I said they should go. It's like every single star doesn't have to have, you know, their team, you know, turn their back on them. Like the new day seemed genuinely happy and supportive in him winning the WWE championship. And that's really you know, a story that I really have not seen before and I would really like to see. So, I mean, it would be nice if he could uh, fight Daniel Bryan and WrestleMania because, honestly, I don't know who they who he should fight right now. I thought he would be the Miz, but they're both heels. So, I don't know who he should fight. And Kofi Kingston, especially with the performance he had and the work he's done in the last three years, I think he should definitely try to get that spot. What about you? Man, you you, you really let me down. You You really, you definitely are really behind, man. Miz is not a heel right now. He's a face. He's the Miz. Yeah, and he's a face. Teaming up with Shane O'Mac. I, I don't buy it. You don't buy it. I don't buy it. He's, he's the, I mean, even when the Miz was a face the first time, he was a heel. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> he just has a punchable face. He's, he's, I, people might cheer him a little bit, but it's the Miz, bro. He, he's meant to be. It's like he got, Roddy, he's a changed man. He got baby number two on the way. It's like Roddy Roddy Popper being a, a face. Like it just it just doesn't work for me. It's just it's the Miz. I, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> but you know what? We we, we a little on topic. You know what? Let's 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 move back to Kofi. Okay. I mean, so I guess you are. Well, another reason why I say you're behind. So it's already been announced last week on SmackDown. Kofi Kingston is going to face Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. I know, and he's going to lose. I mean, dang! You you just think he's gonna lose like that? No, no yeah. faith whatsoever. I mean, no. great. It, it's the road to WrestleMania, and I I, I have my doubts. No, <laughs> I, I don't want Kofi Kingston to win at Fast Lane. Even if he does, I think it should be a WrestleMania thing because here's a guy that a lot of people has been pioneering, like like you know, saying that he should win, and he never got over that hurdle from the mid card. So this would be like a what twelve, thirteen year journey for him to finally reach. <laughs> Yeah, to reach that 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 height. So I mean that that sounds like a WrestleMania moment, and him and Daniel Bryan would tear it up. So yeah, I, I'm glad they didn't do what uh, a lot of people have wanted, and that was uh, to have Kofi Kingston win at the Elimination Chamber. I'm re- I'm really glad they didn't do that. I'm like wrestling kind of has a bad history of oh, it's Black History Month, so you know let's give Ron Simmons the title. 
Yeah, that 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 does suck, and I I I don't want them to. I don't like stuff that's done for political statements. It's actually given, and, and it, this isn't a political statement. I feel like I feel like really people really genuinely support and want Kofi to win, and you know, kind of like Jinder Mahal was a political statement. I don't agree with that stuff. It's either you're good enough or you're not good enough. And Kofi Kingston has shown that he is good enough to at least get somewhat of a run with the belt, even if it's a month or two. He he's shown that he he deserved that, and. You know, honestly, it's like a lot of the stuff that I've seen, like, for example, something I would like to see at WrestleMania, which is not going to happen now, is Ciampa versus Daniel Bryan for the championship belt, which oh, yeah, be yeah. in the hill. Yeah, you, you jumping really, 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 really far, really quick. <laughs> but you know what? Since you brought up Ciampa, let, let's, let's, let, let's talk about this. Um, so I'm guessing they've given up on the first call-ups of uh, their NXT call-ups. I mean, Lars Sullivan, who was the first guy that they announced, you know, he had some, uh, he started suffering from some anxiety attacks. Yeah. Um, it went MIA for a little while. So it seems like, that, you know, that might be a wrap. He might be, uh, the fact that they're not advertising him, I, I'm afraid that he might end up on that list of people that got fired. You know, recently on Friday they let go. Uh, uh, they gave Ty Dillinger his release. Good for him. Hideo Itami had asked for his release. They got he got his finally. Um, and then out of the blue, uh, you know, from what I'm hearing, TJP didn't ask for it, but they let go TJP, which sadly is not helping. Um, what I've talked about numerous times, and that's the uh, the curse. Of being the cruiserweight champion, yeah, like, you know, they got three people left in the roster that were cruiserweight champions, and that's Brian Kendrick, who seems to keep getting hurt, um, Akira Tozawa, which was I think he literally just won the belt for that one week to have some kind of a storyline. Um, so you know, he's a blip. And then you got Alexander and the current uh, current champion Buddy Murphy, but pretty much everybody else. That's held that belt, God. Yeah, and like I said, now, I, like I said, I, I'm probably going to critique 205 Live to unfair advantage because I, I do not watch that show at all. I refuse. But um, <laughs> I, guys don't seem that charismatic, and it, yeah, it, it does seem like a curse. But I mean, we're, we're, if we're talking about future endeavors, I mean, well, well, you can't really, you can't really say that because you got to think about it. Leo Rush, 205 Live. You know, the guy that Kofi Kingston replaced, Mustafa Ali, that was tearing it up before he got a, uh, got a concussion, he came from 205 Live. So, I mean, you really can't say that too bad. But then again, you know what? It's back to uh, Lars Sullivan and the recent releases. Surprisingly, and not necessarily surprisingly since they've been uh, – it seems like they've been getting a whole bunch of new backstage producers. Um, I think they're bringing back Bruce Pritchard, Steve Corneo, um, and some other guys. Um, but they let go Arn Anderson. Well, I mean, I just remember the cruiserweight, and like even back when I was a kid, like back in WCW, or you know, just watching some of those guys like Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, they had it. And, like you could just look at them and see that they had it. And when I look at the cruiserweight division, a lot of those guys, I don't see it. I, I just don't see it. And it's one of those things you can't teach. But I just don't <laughs> see it. And I mean, unless there's some people that have it. 
that you can. And it's, but see, it's hard to say that they don't have it because you know what they've had a lot of success when they've come up. But you know what, today is not about two hundred five live and Thank the cruiserweights. We'll get back to them at some other point. But you know, back to that first group of pull-ups. You had Lars Sullivan that never showed up. You got EC three, which they seem to be a little hot and cold. I don't think when he was on a Alexa Bliss's a moment of bliss. That went too well microphone-wise with him. I mean, he got that big win over Dean Ambrose. Then they followed it up the following week with Dean Ambrose getting his win back. And then you haven't seen EC3 since. I mean, it's only been a week. But, you know, last this week's show was uh, all about the new NXT call-up. So you, but you really haven't seen them. Um, the only person that seems to have a bright side, uh, and you know what, there was heavy machinery who – their comedic act, so they're not going to go anywhere. Uh, but, but at least they've had some screen time. Can, can, um, can but, we just take a, a quick little stop real quick? Because I, I, you brought him up. I'm going to have to bring this up. I, I disagree with what they're doing. You said it's business. I think it's bad business to kind of bury Dean Ambrose as much as possible on his way out the door. I think if they really want to... No, 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 no. I never said it's bad business. I said that's what needs to happen. When you're leaving, you got to put people over. Yeah, no, but I'm saying... He should uh, you know put everybody over. He he's not put – who did he put on? He put over EC3, and he put over Drew McIntyre, and that's it. But once again, let's stay back on topic. We're not going to let Dean Ambrose take over this episode because today is not about Dean. This is about Kofi Kingston, which we covered, and now we're talking about the NXT call-ups. So you had uh, Nikki Cross, who has a good following. Um, she hasn't had a whole bunch of wins, but she's looked good every time out there. Now, the only person, though, that seems like they, they're set from that, like, that first group of call-ups is Lacey Evans. Um, allegedly, from what I'm hearing, the plan for her is to be one of the big three by the time Ronda Rousey leaves. And when Ronda Rousey leaves, they want their big three women to be Charlotte, Becky, and Lacey Evans. And when I say they want her, Lacey Evans, to be the the way allegedly I think Vince McMahon is viewing Lacey Evans is the female Roman Reigns. Oh, wow. Well, I got to check out more of her work. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy because she hasn't had a match yet, but what, they, what they've done is every show, even on the pay-per-views, she comes out, she might talk a little bit on the microphone, and then she leaves, which is crazy. But, you know, based on how they used them, and how they've used this this new group of two uh, NXT call-ups. Uh, so far, I feel like that first group's a failure. Yeah. I mean, in just one week. So that's one Raw, one SmackDown. The new call-ups, which were Ricochet, Aleister Black, and DIY, Tomosa Chapa, and Johnny Gargano, have had more matches in one week than the last group of NXT call-ups have in a month. Yeah, I mean, they're even announcing matches for uh, Johnny Gar. I think it's Johnny Gargano versus Sheamus for SmackDown this week. Okay, well, I, can, I, well, since you want to talk about call-ups, what really grind my gear is I really love Chopper, man, and I feel like he is what is missing from the wrestling business as far as a heel. And they brought him up as a face. How long has him and Johnny Wrestling been feuding? It feels like two years. Watch NXT. They kind of been on uh, <clears throat> the same side since Johnny Gargano went heel. 
about a month and a half back. Now, it is crazy that they brought – they actually brought all four of those guys up as faces. But then again, I wouldn't necessarily say they brought them up as faces. And I say that only because – now, Alistair Black and Ricochet, yeah, they brought them up as faces because they are – that's that's who they are. But – uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, I don't feel like they actually brought them up as faces. Granted, they fought the Revival, which is a heel team, and they fought the Bar, that is also a heel team. I felt like they just brought them up, and it's like, you know what? Who are our best two tag teams? Well, you know, best tag team on Raw, best tag team on SmackDown, and those were the best two tag teams. Uh, Outside of the Usos, but Usos are tied up with the tag team belt. Um, it's, you know, that they have there. And character-wise, they didn't change them. They talked the same way they talked. They acted the same way they acted. I, I really think Chopper is worthy of a main event feud, actually. I'll go as far as to say, like, he would have been the perfect opponent for Daniel Bryan, but not the vegan Daniel Bryan, the, the original Daniel Bryan. That's too soon. And the reason why I say that's too soon is just like you. While you're familiar with them, you don't watch NXT like that. And so it's one of those things where you got to introduce them to the audience and let that grow. If you introduce someone as an unimportant or a mid-card act, that's all the people is people in the audience that have no idea about Chopper's work and how good of a heel he is or how charismatic he is or how like just a disgusting person he is. So when he comes there, they're not going to be familiar with this. So to introduce him, like look how Kevin Owens was introduced as this badass guy who didn't really care about anybody, who all he wanted to do was be successful and be John Cena. That's kind of how you introduce somebody. But guess what? He seemed like Kevin Owens. And not only did he seem like Kevin Owens, he seemed like Kevin Steen. Like, he's been like that. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, this whole introduce, you still got to introduce someone based off how their character. I mean, I don't want to see Velveteen Dream coming there in a suit. Did introduce them as their character. I'm like, all of his mannerisms were exactly the same. How he acted is exactly the same. I'm like, they got in the face of the bar and told them, we're not just here to reach the bar. We're here to break the bar. That's a good line. They didn't go off like, oh, we're here and we want to be friends and we're all smileys. No, he's like, I'm here. I'm the NXT champion. Bell, I'm here to take y'all down. To be honest, it, 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 it them as a tag team reminds me a lot of Carl Anderson and Lou Gallows. To be honest with you, they're gonna come up there. They're gonna have they have a little bit of buzz. They're gonna have them cut good, like decent promos and beat people up. But I don't think they're all in on them, and we'll see. But I, I definitely think they could. They are all in, and in this case, unfortunately, there's another backstory behind this as well. Uh, you know, uh, these guys have to do well. And Vince McMahon is going to have to ensure that they do well because in the, the crazy backstory behind these call-ups is 
they're trying to shake things up for rating. They're trying to increase viewership and bring new eyes. And say, hey, we're trying to do something different. Partly probably due to AEW coming around, but we're not going to talk about them a whole lot either. But from what I'm hearing, Vince McMahon did not tell Triple H that these call-ups were even happening. It was one of those situations where this was like, hey, who are the top four guys in NXT? And they gave them those names. And they called up. And right now, and I think there's a little tension between Vince and Triple H about this, because typically in the past, when these when the call-ups have, have happened, it's planned. That way, NXT can just each move when Finn Balor went to the main roster. Finn Balor dropped the next guy. And, you know, same thing with Samoa Joe, Nakamura, Bobby Roode. You know, there's that passing of the torch. And in, in this case, there really wasn't a passing of the cho- torch. And so not only did they take the top four guys they have, they took their number one hill, their number one face, the number two hill, and the number two face all at the same time. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't take Velveteen Dream too, but maybe this man just doesn't get the character. But Well, no, they didn't take Velveteen Dream, not because anything is wrong with Velveteen Dream. I think right now, Velveteen Dream is one of those things where He can be huge or he can be a bust. And it's going to come down to how he's handled. Yeah. So they got to figure out actually how to use Velveteen Dream, how he's going to interact with the main roster and everything else. He saved Velveteen Dream, and I say saved, because if he came up right now, he would be wasted, was that he just won the North American title. So, you leave him there because he just won the belt. Yeah, so give him some time to grow. I mean, he's young. I mean, he's only, what, like 25? So, I mean. He's young, but he's been around. I'm like, he was on Tough Enough a few years ago. Yeah, I know. I remember him. I remember him. Um, he was the guy that Eric, all the wrestlers said should have won. But worked out for him. Anyways, um, maybe if he had uh, told Triple H that he was going to do this, maybe Triple H would have turned it into a better, more impactful storyline. Like, what if they, they redid the angle, the um invasion angle from NXT? That's been in the works for a while, too. I, I, I don't want to see that rehash. I think they can I, I honestly think they did come out and made a statement. I'm like, not only did they show up unexpected on Raw, they got that uh, a great introduction from Triple H. Then they came out. And, you know, they didn't have slouches for opponents. You had Ricochet teaming up with the IC champion Finn Balor against Bobby Lashley, the former IC champion, and Leo Rush. You had Aleister Black, and Aleister Black probably had the only slouch. And I wouldn't even call Elias a slouch. Um, But then you had, of course, DIY. I'm going to call them DIY instead of saying their names over and over and over again, fighting the tag team champions. Well, here's the... You followed that up. Now, you had Ricochet fight Eric Young, who, yeah, he's a slouch based on how they utilized him. 
Um, and then you had uh, Alistair Black, Andrade, who still recently he still has that big win over Mysterio. DIY beat the bar. Well, well, this is what I'm saying, Impact. Like, are you like think about all these NXT stars that has debuted? Would you really? Would you put this up there with any of those? Yeah, I still I, personally, I believe that this was the best debut of NXT stars on the main roster outside of Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens came up and beat John Cena. How about Finn Balor? No. I feel like Finn Balor came up and he was around and he, he kind of treaded water for a while. He I, didn't instantly win the Universal Championship. I, he was around for a while. I, I, I could have sworn that's what happened. No, it isn't. It was his first call-up and he beat Roman Reigns. Yeah, was after. He was, like I said, he was around for a little while before it got to So to me, overall, this was the most impactful debut. And the other reason why I say that is because this wasn't a call-up of one individual person. This was a call-up of four people. And not only was it four people, but they frequently directly referenced NXT. And not only do they where they frequently reference NXT, where they came from, video packages of what they were doing down there and everything else, both Raw and SmackDown, the shows were built around those four guys. We'll see what they do with them. As of right now, they just seem like, like regular mid-card guys. And honestly, and you know what? I'm hoping that this isn't a true call-up. I'm, I'm really hoping... That instead of this being a call up, this was an exposure thing. Because when I heard that they were doing this, honestly, in the back of my mind, it's like, oh, snap. Maybe they got a TV deal for NXT and they want to introduce some of the top guys on the roster and build that around, to build around that. Makes sense, and that would actually make a lot more sense too. I would, I would respect that. But the NXT didn't get. A, but, Go ahead. But NXT didn't get a TV deal, right? They haven't announced it yet. But just because they haven't announced it yet doesn't mean that's not in the works. Because just like uh, you know, you later this year, uh, their new deals are coming to effect. So. They're going to be getting a billion dollars a year from USA just for Monday Night Raw. They're going to be getting a billion dollar, they get, you know, the billion dollar start of their contracts. And I said that wrong earlier, not billion dollars a year, but that uh, I think it's a five year deal equaling up to a billion dollars from both USA and Fox for Raw and SmackDown, respectively. USA might still be looking for a replacement for SmackDown. Oh. And not to go head to head because that would be stupid, but something to fill that role. Hey, it could be AEW. Nah, I doubt that. <laughs> that, that bridge, but you know what? Well, let's not get into AEW. That's actually all the time that we have for today. Thanks for joining us for another edition of VGR Lockdown. Catch y'all next time. Love you.